You're here to listen, and I'm here to talk. This is Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason. The flu has swept the United States of America, and there's talks of the coronavirus entering into our borders. Yes, it is real. It is happening. And about the only advice we can get from the CDC is to wash your hands. Yes. But here on SSWJG, we're going to add a little bit to that. You not only need to wash your hands, you need to wash your hands as good as a surgeon. Yes, a surgeon. Wash them thoroughly. Say your ABCs while washing. Say your one, two, threes. Say the Pledge of Allegiance. Sing the National Anthem. Quote all your favorite Bible scriptures. And once you've done that, then you can rinse off, turn the water off, and dry off, and go about your day. Hi, this is Justin Gleason. Welcome back to Spirit Signal. I'm telling you what, sickness is everywhere. I hear people coughing. I hear people sneezing. People are wearing masks. People aren't going out of their house. People are taking this seriously. People are getting shots. People are getting vaccinations. People are taking pills. People are drinking syrup. People are doing everything they can to stay well. And that's a good thing. You know, a lot of parents in this generation have changed. It used to be back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, it was considered flattering to have somebody, even a perfect stranger, come up and give your baby a little kiss and touch him on the hand and maybe with their finger kind of touch and wiggle the baby's bottom lip. <gasps> Ugh, mothers do not want that, and dads don't want that either. You want to know good baby etiquette nowadays? Stop touching other people's kids. Not only is it creepy and weird, but it's cold and flu season. Stop touching the kids. Don't touch the kids' hands. Don't touch the kids' heads. Nothing. Just don't touch the kids. I don't care if the kid extends their hand out to you. Don't touch the kid. We got to keep the kids healthy. We got to keep the kids well. We got to keep them safe during this cold and flu season. I'm all about hygiene. I'm all about taking precautions. I believe in quarantining. I believe in doing all of those things. Washing your hands, taking care of yourself, all of that. But this is a... Uh, a uh, religion and spirituality podcast, and that's how we're going to keep it. You know, and I think that's why a lot of people are coming to this podcast, because it's a safe place to talk about religion and spirituality. You know, it's one of the big three forbidden in the workplaces. You know what I'm talking about, the big three. You can't talk about politics, you can't talk about uh, sexual orientation, and you can't talk about religion. Well, we're certainly not going to talk about politics around here. After all, who wants to hear a preacher like me, a man of God, talk about politics? And we're nearly not going to talk about uh, the sexual orientation issue. We're not going to bring up those things unless they pertain to spiritual things, which sometimes they do. And we'll bring those up from time to time. But mainly around here, we talk about religion. We talk about spirituality. We talk about the Bible. We talk about God. We talk about the church. That's what we talk about. So as those things relate to health, that is what we're going to discuss. Jesus said in Luke chapter nine, verses one through two, then he called his 12 disciples together and he gave them power over all demons and to cure sicknesses. Verse number two, he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Hopefully you're all caught up in your Bible reading program this year and you've already read through the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, you really don't see a whole lot of sickness there in the beginning. Men died because of old age, not because of sickness. They died of old age because of their sins. God said to Adam and Eve, if you eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the day that you eat of it, you will die. Well, you notice they eat of it, 
and they don't die that very day. It's not a Bible contradiction. What you've got to understand is the Bible later on says and reveals that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years. It is as a thousand years. And guess what? Adam and Eve died in their 900s. Neither one of them made it to a thousand years. You look at all those old generations. The one that lived to be the oldest was Methuselah, 969 years old. To this day, nobody has lived to be a day with the Lord. But praise God when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back and sets up his kingdom for how many years? A thousand years. During that time, there will be no death because Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which is lost and relieve us of our curse. But sickness does come. Sickness can come from anywhere. God has given us power over all sicknesses and over all diseases. Do everything you can to stay well, what your doctor's going to tell you. But also, let's take a look at the Bible. And we're going to give you some tips and ideas from the Holy Scriptures on how to stay well this cold and flu season and for the rest of your life. I heard uh, Brother Tom Barnes say that he believed in divine health more than he believed in divine healing. I think there is something to that. Sickness began biblically in the land of Egypt. Abraham left Canaan to dwell in Egypt because of a famine. Abraham told the Egyptians that his wife Sarah was really his sister. He told them she was his sister because he feared that if he told them she is my wife, they would kill him and then take her to be his wife. This is what he did to survive and to protect himself. So Pharaoh thought, oh, she's an unmarried woman. He was very attracted to her, brought her into his house and began to lust after her, began to desire her. God looked down and saw this. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 12 that the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. I want you all to first of all notice that Abraham and Sarah were not affected with the plague. But Pharaoh and all of his house were affected by the plague. You know what God is doing there? That sickness was not a form of judgment. It was rather an act of mercy. God put sickness upon Pharaoh and his household so that neither Pharaoh or his household would sin against Abraham's wife. See, sometimes not all sickness is bad. Could it be that some sickness is actually the mercies of God trying to keep you from sinning? If you've got adultery in your eyes, you've got fornication in your heart, you're struggling with porn, it could just be that you need to get sick to start avoiding all of those things. And who knows, maybe this coronavirus, maybe this flu, is God's way of waking up the world will make you get sick and make you consider your ways. The sickness is to stop you from sinning. Pharaoh then got discernment that the sickness was an act of God, and the revelation came to him concerning Sarah being Abraham's wife, and he sent him away, and the plague left. Right there is the first instance of healing, although it wasn't technically healing, but you see there the hand of God sending a sickness, and by that same hand of the Lord, the sickness is taken away. What is a plague? A plague is a very contagious bacterial disease, and it's a continual problem and a great distress. God promised his people Israel that he would protect them from the plagues of Egypt. 
God said in Exodus chapter 15, If you diligently hear the voice of the Lord and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes, that I will put none of these diseases upon you which I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord God who heals you. He also said in Exodus 23, So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take away sicknesses from the midst of you. Deuteronomy chapter 7, And the Lord will take away from you all sicknesses, and will afflict you with none of the terrible diseases of Egypt, which you have known, but will lay them all on those who hate you. You see, this is where the concept that Brother Barnes and many other prophetic men of God uh, got this idea of divine health. It's taken from God's promises uh, in, in the Old Testament. God wanted Israel to enjoy good health. He wanted them to have good health, to serve the Lord, to care for their family, and to be a witness and a blessing to all the nations. And all of these things were accomplished through God's power, good nutrition, and a sanitary environment, but even more so, serving the Lord, fearing the Lord, keeping the commandments of God. And when the people of that time did those things, God protected them from sickness and disease. He protected all of their food and their water from poison. He protected their tents. He protected their communities. He protected their lives from sickness and disease. The plagues brought upon Egypt by God were horrible. The Nile was turned into blood. There were frogs, lice, flies. The livestock died. Boils. Hail mingled with fire, locusts, darkness, and the death of the firstborn. God let Israel witness all of these things just at what he can do to a nation that has a hard heart, to a nation that will oppress, to a nation that serves pagan gods, to a nation bound in sin and iniquity. God can send sickness to get that nation's attention. And God said to Israel, I'll protect you. I'll give you health. I'll give you strength. But God also warned them in Deuteronomy 28, what would happen if they disobeyed God? God says in Deuteronomy 28, if you do not carefully observe all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring upon you and your descendants extraordinary plagues, great and prolonged plagues, and serious prolonged sickness. Verse 60. Moreover, he will bring back upon you the diseases of Egypt, of which you were afraid, and they shall cling to you. Also every sickness and every plague, which is not written in the book of the law, will the Lord bring upon you until you are destroyed. You shall be left in few number, whereas you were as the stars of the multitude of heaven, because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. And it shall be just as the Lord rejoiced over you to do you good and multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you and bring you to nothing, and you shall be plucked off from the land which you go to possess. And this happened to Israel. It lost its protection from sickness because they walked away from the Lord and his law. Did you notice what the word of the Lord says there? That I will bring upon you every sickness and plague, even sicknesses and plagues which are not written in the book of this law. See, God could foresee the future, that even all the plagues that happened in Egypt, there were still great 
plagues to come in the future, things that no man had ever even heard of. Plagues, pestilence, viruses, outbreak of death due to illness. This is a great sign of the end of days. One of the great signs would be pestilence. You fast forward into the New Testament. Sickness and disease was still in Israel in the time of the Lord Jesus Christ. There were fevers of several kinds, dysentery, leprosy, intestinal worms, various plagues, paralysis, epilepsy, insanity, eye diseases, skin diseases, many other things that you read about in the New Testament. The major religious group back then was the Pharisees. They were very uneducated with scientific knowledge of sicknesses. You see, it really wasn't in their culture to study medicine because God had been their healer. They really didn't have good medicine. Yeah, they had doctors here and there, but really their knowledge of it was not that advanced. Many people would spend all their money to try to receive from help from doctors. People would travel far and wide to find some source of hope in the pools of water, sometimes up in the mountains, sometimes out in the far deserts, just to find some sort of relief of their pain and healing for their ailments. Many Pharisees taught that the reason for sickness was because of the devil. It was because of demons. It was because of your sin that you are sick. Taking that idea in the Old Testament that the diseases and plagues come upon the ungodly. So a lot of the people that walked around with sicknesses, they thought, I am this way because of the judgment of God. People that had sicknesses said, I have no money. I have no doctor. I have no hope. And the health of the land was deteriorating. It was falling apart. Sickness and disease was everywhere. But Jesus Christ came teaching and preaching something different. You know, one day his disciples passed by a blind man and his disciples said, Lord, who did the sin, this blind man or his parents? That was the Old Testament in their mind. But Jesus said, nobody sinned. That's not why he's blind. He is blind to give God an opportunity to move. He is blind to give God the opportunity to work. And you see that happen in the beginning of Jesus' ministry to the sick. Incurable diseases were healed. The blind, the deaf, the mute, the lame, they were restored. Leprosy that could not be cured, it had to be cleansed. The dead could not be restored. They had to be resurrected. Jesus came to give Israel and the world what God wanted to give Israel in the Old Testament times, and that was protection from the sicknesses, the disease, the pestilence, the plagues of Egypt. He was wanting to show that if you will follow me, I will make you whole. I will make you renewed. I will restore. I will give you peace. I'll give you life and longevity. And he gave a glimpse of that here on this earth. But we know ultimately what he was trying to show us is what his kingdom was really like in heaven. Think about this. Is there any sickness in heaven? No. Any blindness in heaven? Any deaf? Any mute? Any leprosy? Any paralysis? Are any of those things in heaven? No. He was wanting to show this world what heaven could be like. That was the works of Messiah. Messiah. 
to give them a glimpse of what life would be like in eternity. Here in America, all throughout the world even, there is sickness. There is disease. And the Lord is wanting to work through his church to show them that you're not this way because of your sins, but rather it's an opportunity for the Lord to work in your life. That's why we have plagues. The flu. We once had the smallpox, the measles, the mumps, malaria, the yellow fever. Now hepatitis, cancer, heart disease, HIV AIDS. You know, if you don't have your health, you really don't have much. John D. Rockefeller, born in 1839 in New York. When he was young, he was strong. He was a farm boy. His purpose in life became to make money for himself. At age 33, he was a millionaire. At age 43, he owned the world's largest business, the Standard Oil Company. At 53, he was the richest man in all the world. He was making $1 million a week. But at age 53, his health declined. It became bad. The newspaper said he looked like a mummy, and many began to write his obituary. Rockefeller's digestion was terrible. He could only drink milk and eat crackers. But when that sickness came, he began to ponder and rethink his purpose in life. He began to change from the inward to the outward. He began to give a lot of his money to charity and to medicine. And a matter of fact, some of that contribution led to the discovery of penicillin. Rockefeller would then die in 1937 at the age of 97. That just shows you the power of change. Rethinking your ways. The Corinthian church, a powerful church, full of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit were very strong with them. But Paul says many of you are sick and even dead because of dissension. He was saying God has sent sickness unto you because of the way you have been sinning against each other. God is trying to get your attention. Because let me tell you, it's hard to sin when you're sick. And it's really hard to sin when you're dead. And that's what God is making a call to his church for. That if you are sick, anytime you have sickness, you should always repent. You should always look inward and examine your life. Is there anything wrong with me? It could be right now that you are sick because of sin. I've got good news for you. You don't have to remain the way that you are. Do what the Bible later says. Call for the elders. Confess your sins. Have them pray over you. Have them anoint you with oil. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. Sometimes sickness isn't spiritual at all. Has nothing to do with God. Has nothing to do with the devil. It's just the way you're living. The choices you're making. The bad health decisions. I remember one time, a brother come up to me, had horrible knee problems, and he wanted me to pray for his knee problems. Now, I was kind, 
but I'd prayed for this man many times about his knee problems. And you know what? The word of wisdom came to me. And I said to him, brother, I'm going to pray for you. And God is going to touch you. But you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and that same knee pain is going to be there. He looked at me in shock. And I said, I've got a word of wisdom for you. If you will lose weight, your knee problems will vanish. Maybe, mother, the reason your children are getting sick. Dad, maybe the reason your family is getting sick. You're not practicing good hygiene. Even Jesus taught us to wash and anoint yourselves. Good hygiene is one of the keys to longevity. Wash your hands. Yes, wash your hands like a surgeon. But then sometimes there's sickness that's out of our control. God didn't send it. The devil didn't send it. It's not because of any bad health, poor choices we made. But it's just life. Those are the opportunities that God is looking for to work. I want to tell you a story about my great-grandmother, Erie Dyson of Little Rock, Arkansas. She's gone on to be with the Lord. Back in the 1930s, my grandma was awakened in the middle of the night. And she sat up in bed and she felt the Lord speaking to her to go to the neighbor's house and pray for them. She thought this was so unusual and so peculiar, but she knew the voice of the Lord. So she woke up her husband and she said, James, the Lord has woke me up to pray for the neighbors. Come on, get dressed. Let's go. My great grandpa said, no, I'm too tired. I'm not getting up and you need to go back to bed yourself. And he turned over and went back to sleep. And grandma thought, you know what? Maybe I didn't hear from God. I'm going to go back to sleep too. She tried to go back to sleep, but the Lord kept speaking to her. Go across the field and pray for the neighbors. She woke up grandpa again <laughs> and he said, Erie, don't wake me up. I want to sleep. You need to go back to sleep too. And she tried a second time to go back to sleep, but the word of the Lord kept pressing her, kept speaking to her, get up, get dressed, go pray for the neighbors. And so she did all by herself. She got dressed in the middle of the night. It was a hot night. It was a hot summer night in Arkansas. And she walked through the field. Her neighbors were about a mile away. They lived kind of out in the country. As she got near the house, she looked and she saw lights on in the house. She thought, that's interesting. They must be awake. As she got closer to the house, she could hear voices of panic, screaming, crying. When she got to the house, she knocked, but nobody heard. And she thought, well, I'm their neighbor. It sounds like there's trouble. I'm just going to let myself in. And great-grandma Erie Dyson walked in that house. The entire family was in a panic. They were all gathered around the living room couch. And there was their youngest daughter laying there, dying of scarlet fever. This is back in the days where there were no hospitals. Back in the days when there were no emergency rooms. There was no hope. This child was not going to make it through the night. And Erie Dyson walked in there and she said, the Lord has woken me up this night to come and pray for this little girl. 
She is not going to die tonight. But God is about to heal her and raise her up. And they said, absolutely, absolutely, come and pray for her. Grandma walked up to that baby, laid her hands on that fevered brow, and she said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command this scarlet fever to leave now. And immediately, that fever began to break. That child, all of a sudden, a peace came over her, and she went to sleep. She rested for the rest of the night. And by sunrise, that little child was up and out playing in the front yard. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Can I tell you that we serve a God who gave his church power over sickness and disease to show this world what his kingdom is like. This world has fallen. This world is lost. This world is hopeless. No man has ever lived to be a thousand years old. But in that day, we die. doesn't matter how rich you are, how poor you are. It is the way of all flesh. Your end will come. And the sign that that is going to come is sicknesses. It is plagues. It is pestilence. Sickness is a reminder to everybody that life is like a vapor. It's like grass. And at any moment, at any time, it could be your time to go into eternity. That's why you've got to be saved. That's why you've got to be ready. Can I tell some man or woman out there that's aspiring to become a powerful minister of the Lord Jesus Christ? You've got the power within you to heal sickness and disease. And doors and opportunities are going to come. You're going to hear about sicknesses here and there. You want to see God move? Go visit people in the hospital. You want to see God work a miracle? Ask if you can come by their home to pray. You want to see God do a miracle? Start working the altars. See if there's any sick among the people and pray and see God heal. I don't care if God wakes you up in the middle of the night and says, go to the neighbor's house. You get up in the middle of the night and you go pray. If God's speaking, God knows the situation and he wants to move and he wants to use you. Jesus Christ came to restore this world, saying and showing that if you follow me, I'll heal you, I'll restore you, and I'll give you eternal life with me. A place where there's no crying, a place where there's no worry, a place where there is no stress, and a place there is no death. And that is the kingdom of heaven. And that kingdom is so close, it's at hand. You can reach out and touch it. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Don't go nowhere. We'll be back to take your listener comments. Podcast listeners are loyal, smart, and delightful. So let's you and I stay connected. Please consider subscribing and giving a great review and rating. Follow me on Facebook pages, Instagram, and Twitter at Justin C. Gleason. That's J-U-S-T-I-N-C-G-L-E-A-S-O-N. This generation wants good reception to the voice of God. SSWJG is the network to join.
some uh, listeners of the Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason podcast that took the time to leave us a few comments that we want to bring to you. Uh, we put out a question. Has anybody out there been miraculously healed? Please comment. And I want to take those right now. Kayla Bolin of Facebook. She says, I should have died 20 years ago when my appendix burst and my body sat in poison for a week. Once I was taken to the doctor, they examined me. I was rushed to the hospital and went right into surgery that day. I lost 30 pounds in three weeks' time. I began turning yellow because I was septic. After the surgery, the surgeon came out and said to my mom, If you would have waited, even until the end of that day, your daughter would have been dead. Thank the Lord I made a full recovery. Talk about timing. There's no way that's a coincidence. Right at the last second, if there would have been any delay in that, Kayla wouldn't have made it. That sounds like God was nudging their family. Get her to the hospital. Thank you, Jesus. Natalie Berry on Instagram. Natalie says, when I was 15, I was in a car accident. It was completely my fault, which prompted me to have an MRI on my head for trauma. My doctor found a cyst monitored for growth since then. This past January, after my MRI, my doctor reported to me that my cyst was most likely a result of a tumor that had gone away on its own. But I know that was God performing a miracle, even when I didn't know I needed one. Even when I don't see it, God is working. Wow. If it hadn't been for that car accident, that cyst probably would have never been discovered. Amazing. You know, the old Pentecostals used to say God works in mysterious ways. Wow. Nathan Santomiri on Instagram says, When I was five to six years old, I was running through our house and slipped on a freshly mopped wood floor and went headfirst into the wall. Ouch. Needless to say, I was concussed and out for a few minutes. The doctors were very worried. Our pastor came and prayed, and I was instantly awakened out of sleep and completely fine. Wow. It's the power of prayer. Doesn't matter if you're age 5, 15, 35, 55, 95. God still heals. You know something I've learned through the years and seeing many miracles of healing, financial blessings, God working in impossible situations. You want to know what's common is it's usually right in the nick of time. It always seems like it's last minute. And I think that's on purpose. It's not because God's lazy. It's not because God likes to dilly-dally. It's not that God's a procrastinator. It's because God is setting up the miracle to happen in a way that is unexplainable and undeniable. The miracles happen at the right time, at the right moment, so that nobody can say, this is just a coincidence that you got better. This is just by accident. This is just by luck. Oh no, 
God waits to perform the miracle so that it's a witness to you and to all that see it and hear about it. There is no other explanation for this miracle other than the miraculous power of the living God. That's all today. Wash your hands. Live a holy life. Repent of your sins. Try to be healthy as best as you can. We'll talk to you next time. Podcasting is the future, and I hope I have a future in it. We're taking the genre of religion and spirituality to another level.